And welcome to another episode of Nerds Amalgamated. DJ, today I have Buck. Hello. How's it going, Buck? I'm marvellous. You do. Oh, yes. I really need that now with me assignment. Ah, uh, harden up, princess. <laughs> Everybody else is going through the same misery. But you're smiling through it. You love this. You... Yeah, it's kind of more a matter of I've become more accustomed to it after an enforced period of time. So you, you're the, the better. Ha, look at those fools. Well, I don't say fools because they're not fools because... One, they made it to uni. Two, they're bettering themselves. So, yeah, definitely not fools. Oh, fair enough. So that aspect, I'm thinking more of the, yeah, look at them struggle. Yeah. But that's just because you're a horrible person. <laughs> and the other guy is um, the professor. Yes, I'm still here. Every week. Oh, what show we have today? So we have electrical stimulation, a lobbyist, and on the Cowboy Bebop cast. Uh, so first up, story about electrical stimulation. And this is the good kind. Um, well, the other kind is called electrocution, not stimulation. Um, yeah, there's um, been lots of research in this over the years um, where people have been looking at the impacts of electricity on making people feel better and so forth. Uh, where, uh, like, I remember reading an article once about 20 years ago where they're looking at the impact of electricity on the immune system. So, yeah. Um, this latest research is pursuing the idea of counteracting the, age, the, signs, the signs and effects of ageing on the brain, particularly for those experience Alzheimer's and dementia. Although the fact that, that, that they always seem to refer to Alzheimer's and dementia as an old person's disease is actually a myth because it affects younger people as well, just not as often. What if this sort of common a long, long time for a long, long they still do research with this thing? It's just because of the, 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 the sheer um, scope and diversity of people where you have such contrasting results between one group of people and the next. So... And more importantly, this isn't the EST of Ken Kesey's day. You don't mm-hmm. go and get strapped to a chair and come back half an hour later completely dazed. They do precision shocks with precision electrodes. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, that is a major part. Although with um, electroshock therapy, that is still being used today in actually a, a fairly similar manner to this, where, but where it's much more targeted than it used to be. And, um, yeah, it's having, that's been having some fantastic results at helping to reduce the effects of um, a range of things such as schizophrenia and anxiety, etc. What I'm curious about is that uh, they mentioned it's got a, a boost to your working memory. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering... How far can you push it? How young can you get before you, um, like, if you take a 20-year-old and blast them with electricity, can you give them the language learning capabilities of a six-year-old? Because they Um, say that you do your best language learning, like, before you're 10 years old or whatever it is. Well, once again, it's just you got the, um, the sheer scope of the diversity of populations. 
but I do know that you can buy mechanisms in countries such as China, which do actually provide you with a, a mild electric jolt um, to help stimulate the health in your brain. Yeah, Big Clive does a teardown of a few of those on his uh, YouTube channel. So I'm not I'm not 100% sold on the veracity of them, <clears throat> but I also know a bloke who used to be self-employed who used to work ridiculously out of controlled hours and to help maintain his immune system and alertness, he used to have this thing similar to what Jackie and um, Bruce Lee used to use for the electroshock stuff for his abdomen. This guy used to put it on, have it so it was on his shoulders and his neck and a couple on his head and give himself a mild shock on a, on a, on a moderately constant basis um, just to help himself remain alert and sick and cold free. And he also had a little one of the little rods like you get in China. And yeah, he used to sit there and hold that one in his hands and yeah, used to keep himself going and he never seemed to get sick. So it lost like Well there's not it doesn't necessarily destroy memory. You gotta remember the brain actually operates on electricity. So this is the same as jump starting a car or a computer. Yeah, but we every now getting thirty years you get them frag ECTs. I can't say I've but, ever seen that. But I, you get the same with people doing drugs and alcohol and playing football and all sorts of other sports. So, yeah, if this if this has been done correctly, then, yeah. And it um, looks like <laughs> this is a bit of fun. It's uh, the research that they've found here is that um, the, what they've found with this study is that your brain, oper- parts of your brain, that the prefrontal cortex and temporal lobe that they were studying operate at about 8 hertz. And in older adults, the synchronization vanishes. So this is just a, a clock issue. I Pretty fix much. this on my com- computers all the time. Well, like, so that's the thing. Like As I said, like the, the brain operates on electricity. So it's not, not a problem. It, it's not really... A problem to add electricity to it. It's just making sure you do it in the correct way. Yeah. If you took a, an electrode and just wiped it over your motherboard, that would spray your computer. But mm-hmm. you do it in the right spot and it turns your computer on. Yeah. Now I'm wondering if we uh, boost it to say 16 hertz, can we overclock a bit? <laughs> well, we've already well, got a great fluid cooling system. <laughs> Well, actually, no, yours is not a cooling system. Yours is a insulation heating retention. <laughs> um, but, yeah. But your like, brain a, is liquid cooled. <laughs> well, yes and no. It sits in a jelly which can retain heat and boil pretty quick. If you, if, that's if you're re- regarding the meninges, that, that is. True. If you're looking at blood, that yeah, the l- strength of that is depending on how much water you've had and other stuff. So also... Oh, I'm going to find what, out. You going to electrocute yourself? No. I'm oh. going to electrocute the DJ. I can't do it to myself because I won't be able to take proper results if I'm being fried. Ah, uh, okay. So we're going, we're going to zap the DJ? Yeah. Okay. I'm up for that. I think I've got an old extension lead around the place somewhere. I can knock the end off. So, so you basically took information. Not torture. No. 
if we do it right, it will greatly boost your brain power. And we know you need it. And we're not, and it's, and it's not to get information from you. And it's more to generate information. Like, It'll be what, like that what movie it, Lucy, but not crap. What are, what are the effects of um, 240 volts when they're applied to your feet sort of thing? We'll start away from the brain and work our way closer to it. Yeah, I'm, I'm way... You know where he lives, don't you, Bucky? No, but I, I, I can find him easily enough. <laughs> As he normally, he, he, he's been coming to me to have me help him with his assignments, so... Do you have a uh, windowless van? No. And even if I did, would I admit that? You're talking about kidnapping him? Okay, we'll have to find another way to get him into the test chamber. <laughs> I know a particular food he liked. We could just leave that out as a trail. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll just say, let it go. Anyways, Do not um, start singing that again. Anyways, uh, moving along. Um, Professor, you're a lobbyist. Yeah, the, uh, the CCP, the game developers, not the communists, have banned a guy who works as a maritime law lobbyist named Briss Grubel from EVE Online. So he's a real-life lawyer, and he was working with the um, Council of Stellar Management, which is a player representative group who communicate with uh, CCP. And CCP have accused him of basically insider trading. trading. Uh-huh. Um, well, to start with, because um, he's a lawyer, like, that's basically enough of a reason to ban him anyway. Secondly, it, for the um, communists, it was triple CP. But um, what's the insider trading? Um, so CCP's statement says that he was sharing confidential information with a member of his alliance that was later used by another alliance member to conduct illicit in-game con- transactions. So how's he doing insider trading? Well, he's getting info from the CSM, which has meetings with the developers, and is um, is passing that on to people he knows so that they can make uh, trades and purchases that will benefit, the, um, benefit their team. So they believe that sharing confidential information with a lawyer was safe and he wouldn't use it to his own betterment. Yeah, unfortunately, he signed an NDA, so he's kind of screwed up by doing that. But have they got proof that he shared the information? Um, just scanning through the um, announcement post again. They haven't posted uh, any specific evidence or details. And of course, as you do when you've been accused of something, um, Briss Grubel, whose real name is Brian Shonerman, has come out with a statement saying that he's been a licensed attorney for a decade and has never had a complaint filed against him and that he would never risk his reputation for personal gain. Yeah. Kind of like a, kind of like a PR. Well, the CSM it. is a big PR thing anyway. Yeah, but in this sorry for they both have faulted to a certain Um, I don't really feel sorry for any of them. Yeah. Like if, if, they, if they're dumb enough to think that they're going to, someone's not going to leak information, then they're stupid. They've now decided that, uh, according to the notice they put out, the next CSM meeting, which apparently they hold a proper conference, um, will be banning electronics from the meetings, and they'll be taking time to educate everyone about confidentially insider trading and general do's and don'ts 
when it comes to operating under NDA. So that, but given the fact that they haven't actually done this before, is there actually grounds under which they can actively uphold a ban against him? Presumably, the um, the the EULA for the game has a um, a statement saying basically they can ban you at any time. It's what most web services do. So they're probably covered under that. And I'm sure that the uh, EVE lawyer team, or the CCP lawyer team, will be working to make sure that there's nothing he can use against them there. Because if he is a, a real lawyer, um, then I wouldn't be surprised if he thinks he can make a case against them. The question is, how does this affect the, um, From what I've seen on the forums and Reddit, most people support the decision. And um, as long as he's, um, like, there's a couple of people who are doubtful, but going along with it, because until other evidence comes out, there's not much they can do. Um, But the general support seems to be that the, um, seems to be agreeing with CCP. I was also looking at um, some of the comments on this, and um, someone says that, if this guy shaved his head, he'd look like a chubby hitman. <laughs> Agent 47 after a uh, bit of KFC. <laughs> and um, another one is, why is it all the, the, the truly fun stuff for EVE Online happens either on a spreadsheet or outside the game? That's the sort of game it is. Oh, yeah. It's um, a framework. Uh, you can play EVE without getting involved in this. But Eve is a framework for going and pretending you're a big business and um, all of the fun stuff that goes with that. Mm-hmm. There's another comment here. Gee, a lawyer that says he's innocent and did nothing wrong. <laughs> Being a lobbyist is enough of a reason for me. Yeah, it um, feels really out of touch that he's come out and been like, I'm a lawyer and a politician and there's no way I could ever do anything wrong. Because... We all know lawyers and politicians who have done things wrong, so that's not really a defense. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's another one here. Um, an American politician revealed as a crook, denies wrongdoing. Um, is he running for the pres- presidency in 2020? <laughs> um, the, some of these comments are actually... Like, it, I'm sorry, like the article's interesting, but some of the comments are actually more interesting than the article. <laughs> All right, uh, moving on, uh, a story about Cowboy Bebop has been announced, recently been announced. So who is it? Uh, so, so before I announce the backstory, so initially uh, there was a series about how like, a live action Cowboy Bebop 2000 and 20th Century Fox, so Irwin doing the stage, Keanu Reeves, Spike Spiegel, Variety, 2000 Sunrise. So then, they've had uh, actors booked for 10 years. Yeah. So fast forward to 2010, the project was in development. development and it was still good. The point where um, series of Sirichiro Watanabe said, okay, this is, I'm, I'm not sure what's... So fast forward, oh, actually not 2017, where it's a live action series Bob, um, be made with Netflix. And Christopher Yost is poised to write this. And the announcement that will be on Netflix was coming to April 4th. They announced the cast list. And the cast was John Cho as Spikes, uh, Mustafa Shakir as Jet, uh, Daniel Panita as Faye Valentine, Hassel as Vicious. Now, interesting, Spikes Be- John Cho as Spikes Beagle as cast select. Why? Well, in the uh, anime, 
they didn't really say um, what he looked, what was his race or like when you look at his, when you look at his face, he's basically totally different. What live action? Basically, this is how it spikes people. Wow, that's really good for an audio. But I'm just saying that it's the casting Mustafa Shakir, for example, Jet in character you see and they get. So and, oh, that uh, that one shot you've given us there of Spike Spiegel, his skin looks kind of ambiguously white, yellow. So I could see him going either way based on anime coloring styles, mm-hmm. but his face does look fairly uh, Caucasian to me. And here's another interesting fact. Um, Faye Valentine, um, in the anime, she's uh, actually in Singapore. Okay. Yeah, she looks uh, much more Asian in the uh, character shot from the wiki I've just pulled up. So I'm wondering, it's weird, this whole casting. So uh, I can see, you know, I can see John Cho or um, is it Daniela who's playing um, Faye? Daniela's playing, yeah, Daniela playing Faye, yeah. Yeah, comparing them to the shots, I could see them playing those characters. And the thing you got to remember is they're choosing cast members that are going to be bankable as far as a successful series. They don't want to go for people who are completely unknown. They want people that are going to sell the series in the West. And let's face it, um, a majority of the people around the world aren't really going to care about who's playing the role as long as they look roughly similar to the character and they present it properly. Um, the only people that are going to be complaining will be the same ones that complained about um, Ghost in the Shell being the whitewashing of Asian culture, which I thought was actually kind of strange that one of the loudest ones for that was actually a American Chinese lady who I think was third-generation American. And the director, the, and the original creator of Ghost in the Shell didn't actually care. was actually quite, in, quite impressed and honoured that Scarlett Johansson was playing the part of the major. What's interesting, though, with the selecting of John Cho, I thought, I think Netflix, I, I get I get where you're coming from in terms of they, get, they want a bankable character. I just think it, I think it was like Netflix was saying, okay, you need to find a bankable, correct, bankable actor, this role, but needs to be Asian. He needs to be Asian. Avoid ourselves being known as whitewashers and racists. Like, I think this was just, like, selecting John Cho as Spike, it, it's an interesting move, but I think it just felt like a safe move. Uh, I don't really care. It doesn't, like, the actors all look vaguely like the character they're playing. And yeah. it as long as they're picking a good actor for the job, anime is stylized anyway, so you can't entirely take it at face value. Are you trying to find controversy where there's no controversy? I'm just saying, uh, uh, it's uh, hang on, hang on. <coughs> Did we all notice that there was a, a bit of a um, rise in pitch in, in his oh um, no-no? Are you trying to equate something there, Bucky? Because it oh. seems like you're trying to equate something here. Even I'm not. I'm not trying to. I'm stating it outright. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah. Really. Uh huh. It seems to be going down in tone. But I, 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 I'm, I'm not really sold on this idea, guys. Like, I know whether, uh-huh. I, know, I don't know about you guys. Whether if, um... There we go. That's it. It's over. <laughs> the DJ isn't sold on an idea, but hang on, wait until after it comes out and he watches it. He'll, he'll go. Oh, it's not that bad. Am I ever gonna watch it? I doubt it because Netflix yes, you will. I didn't even watch Netflix's own death. 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Netflix's version of Death Note, that's how bad it because it was bad, apparently. Uh-huh. So, in other words, somebody else told you it was bad, so that was it, that was it. you decided to let somebody else make your mind up? No, I actually saw the trailer and it was very bad, and I decided not to watch it. Netflix made their own Death Note, did they? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I just started watching that. I thought it was the original. No, they did a live action movie. Oh, right. And it's very, like, it's almost impossible to do the transition from an anime to a live action. Like, Ghost in the Shell was close enough. And- nah. It was, it was, it was good on its, as is, but yeah, there's so many differences between the series and what they've done in the movie that it's almost a completely different entity. Yeah. So I'm um, just looking at this as well. Spikes from Mars. So he could be any race really. So like saying he's from London. So chances are he's probably a white guy. Well, hang on. No, he's no. From Mars, there's, plenty so... of, there's plenty of people in London that uh, got diverse cultural backgrounds. Yeah. You, you've you've got people of all ethnicity, ethnic ethnical backgrounds in London. So it does look like um, well, the characters are from off-world colonies. Where yeah, if there's an international effort for an off-world colony, which I would expect to happen because off-world colonies are so expensive and hard to maintain, then I would be completely unsurprised to have. Plenty of people of mixed race in the colonies. Yeah. Um, um, so what games have you been playing, guys? Um, I've been playing Deceit. It's, a, it's an addictive game. Isn't it? uh, it's, a, it's a fun little break of a game to just step outside away from your assignments and study and so forth and just reset the brain and relax and enjoy yourself for a bit. Um, I've just been playing Apex. Yeah, it's, uh, it's been... Anyways, okay, go. All right, see ya. Right, well, we've just lost the DJ, so it looks like we're wrapping this up on our own. Woohoo! I've been Party. playing. Absolutely. Crack out the good, the good booze, get the canapes. <laughs> um, so what game have you been playing, Professor? I've been playing Crunker, uh, which is a web browser FPS game. I was just um, looking for something small to play in between other things I was doing. And I got surprisingly hooked to it. Okay. It's sort of in the vein of uh, Quake or uh, Doom. It's fast. You've got um, powerful guns. The sound effects of the guns are actually pretty nice for a web game. Mm-hmm. But what I've been doing mostly, um, there doesn't seem to be any sort of matchmaking in the game. So I, uh, I got pretty good at it and then decided I was bored of winning. So I started playing parkour maps, and now I'm hooked on those. Okay. 
just having a bit of a look at some of the stuff here for it, and yeah, it's looking interesting. Yeah, I um, I think it's uh, just a good one to hop into for a few minutes, and the um, the community seems pretty friendly. I haven't noticed anyone really swearing or, <laughs> um, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm just as you said that I've just had um something come up here on the messaging on the side of the screen from the in the game. OMFG. F off you. <laughs> F you too. Everyone here has wall hacks. <laughs> Great timing. Thanks, guys. So, yeah, there is, um, considering if you Google it, the one of the first links is a name bot. There really aren't that many hackers in the game. The Most of the hackers really could be put down to that. It, well, most of the people I would have called hackers could be put down to just being way better than I am because there's no ranking. But um, we should move on to the shout out. So, we should. if you're in, uh, if you were in Melbourne on the fifth to the seventh of April, you might have gone to the Supernova convention, and you could have met our friend Sean from Comics to Movies, who's been a uh, a regular guest host on our show. Mm-hmm. On the seventh of April, eighteen thirty-two, Joseph Thompson, a uh, what? What has he written? He said, A local farmer who was married in the year 1829 to his present wife was sold to Henry Mears, a pensioner, for the sum of 20 shillings and his newfound dog. This is the man who sold his wife. And pe- uh, people think it was a work of fiction. Okay, so the guy who sold his wife for 20 shillings and a dog. Yes. We'll have to uh, get the DJ to clean up the show notes a bit there. Yeah, this is um, yeah based on there was a novel where someone wrote about it that um, it was based on a, a true story, kind of like the man who mistook his wife from a hat for a hat, something like that. Okay, but yeah, so it was sale of his wife at Carlisle um, back in those days. You could get away with that sort of thing. Not anymore. Apparently, accordingly, the bellman was sent round to give public notice of the sale which was to take place at 12 o'clock. The announcement attracted the notice of thousands. She appeared above the crowd, standing on a, lar- on a large oak chair with a rope or a halter made of straw round her neck. She was dressed in a rather fashionable country style and appeared to some advantage. The husband proceeded to put her up for sale and spoke roughly as follows. Gentlemen, I have to offer you notice my wife, Marianne Thompson, whom I mean to sell to the highest and fairest bidder. Gentlemen, it is her wish as well as mine to part forever. She has been to me only a bosom serpent. I took her for my comfort and the good of my house, but she has become my tormentor, a domestic curse, a night invasion, and a daily devil. Um, It continues on in that vein. So, yeah. It's a fun speech. Uh, I recommend reading it because he has some really good... um metaphors there very very um poetic yeah and it's weird that people seem to have actually spoken like that back then Mm -hmm. but for 20 shillings and a dog you could get rid of your wife these days you uh, just go to court and sign the paper yeah but see he came up with a better better move he came out 20 shillings in front and also a dog and he went straight to the pub as you do when you rid of the wife and you get 20 shillings and you're not going to get nagged for drinking so um 
Yes, we head down on the 12th... There, words. Head down on the 10th of April. The uh, Falcon Heavy launch. SpaceX are launching their first Falcon Heavy commercial payload. Uh, they're launching ArabSat 6A. Unfortunately, they've had to push it back each day for the last um, for the last few days because the weather has not been conducive to a safe launch. Okay. Well, I got something to make up for their shortcoming. Um, yeah. Well, we just we I don't know if we mentioned it last week, but we we've finally got a picture of a black hole. It's actually been it's actually been made real, and it was. Thanks to the amazing work of a number of people, but the main person involved apparently is Katie Bowman, who led the creation of a new algorithm, which um, I'm just trying to remember how many petabytes, five, five petabytes or 5,242,880 gigabytes of data was needed to generate the image. And as a comparison... Uh, Linus Tech Tips, who are a tech YouTube channel, they film in 8K, but um, as of about a year ago, they were only using about 500 uh, terabytes of data. Mm-hmm. So then, like, using a tenth of what she is. And my favorite thing about this uh, picture is that they took it using um, using telescopes from all around the world. It's like a the square kilometer array, but even bigger. Yep. The thing I love the most about it is um, if you go to our Facebook page, got a few pictures there just because it's such an amazing achievement. And someone's actually snapped a picture of her as soon as she's got the image there when it's come through. And she's got the biggest smile on her face. So, yeah. yeah. It's been a, a two-year project. They, I believe they took the photo two years ago and it's taken them this long to process the data. But apparently three years ago, as an MIT grad student, um, was it three years ago or further back? Um, apparently, yeah, she first learned about the, the imaging project when she was in high school. So wow, she, she learned about the actual project in high school, decided on the spot she was going to dedicate her life to it and then graduated high school went to mit graduated became a grad student at mit and has worked on this and achieved this and three years later has gotten this picture that's dedication so yeah and there's there's a picture of where people are comparing like saying she's um the new equivalent of margaret hamilton with who did the programming to get us to the moon in 1969. Um, and, yeah, because there's pictures of Katie hugging her mass array of hard drives. So, yeah, remarkable lady who deserves a shout-out. Yeah, and the photo of the black hole is exactly like the scientists said it would be, which means that uh, all of the physics that they have been using to estimate black holes is along the right lines. Mm-hmm. But uh, let's move along to the remembrances. On the 9th of April, 1929, William Henry Johnson, a.k.a. Zip the Pinhead, died of bronchitis at 68 in New York, New York. He was uh, known as the Pinhead because he had... Um, a a skull deformity mm-hmm. on um, 
Uh, so on the 9th of April, 1959, Frank Lloyd Wright, the American architect who designed over a thousand structures, over 500 of them were completed. His uh, famous works include the Guggenheim Museum and Falling Water. He died of surgical complications at 91 in Phoenix, Arizona. Uh, on the 11th of April, 2007, Ronald C. Spears, the U.S. Army officer who served in Easy Company during World War II, um, he was portrayed by Matthew, Se Matthew Settle in Band of Brothers, and he died at 86 in St. Marie, Montana. And for famous birthdays, on the 9th of April, 1806, we have Isambard Kingdom Brunel, the English mechanical and civil engineer who has the coolest name ever. Definitely. He built the first tunnel under a nav navigable river, developed the SS Great Britain, the first propeller-driven ocean-going iron ship, which was the largest ship ever built to that point in history. He built dockyards, the Great Western Railway, uh, steamships, and a bunch of bridges and tunnels. He revolutionized public transport and modern engineering and was born in Portsmouth, Hampshire. Can you imagine if he was actually, if he married into royalty? Because then he'd be sire, Isambard Kingdom Brunel. <laughs> There's a, a photo here of him in front of the chains for a ship, and those are some huge chain links there. Yeah. Um, on the 9th of April, 1926, we have Hugh Hefner, who is famous for creating Playboy, which uh, the first edition featured Marilyn Monroe in a calendar shot and sold over 50,000 copies. He um, is fa also famous for advocating for sexual liberation and freedom of expression. He was a political activist for the Democratic Party, First Amendment rights, animal rescue, the restoration of the Hollywood sign, and... Uh, to some extent, women's rights. Mm -hmm. He was born in Chicago, Illinois. On the 10th of April, 1915, Harry Morgan, the American actor and director who played Pete Porter in December Bride and Pete and Gladys, uh, Bill Gannon on Dragnet, and Colonel Potter in MASH. He was in more than 100 films and was born in Detroit, Michigan. He really looks different in the uh, black and white photo they use for his wiki page to uh, Colonel Potter from MASH. Right. I know, I've, I've seen him in um, a lot of things over the years. So I've seen seen stuff where he was younger and yeah, it, his eyes always seem to be the same. Like He's always got that cheeky little twinkle in them. Yeah, eyes are one of the... Eyes and ears, I think, are the two things that... Um, uh, supposed to be fairly state static, so you can use them to identify people. Mm -hmm. Except the, these days, you got people putting um, tap washers in them and expanding the lobes and all that sort of nonsense. Yeah, the, the art that's the ears that is not the you know you can't really put that in your eyes and still see. Yeah, what I don't understand are the uh, ones they have in their cheeks. Like, how do you eat without it falling out? I don't know, but. I, all I can, all I've, I can think of is whenever I see stuff like that, is it's a great place to hang your coat. <laughs> if, you, if you're struggling to carry your, your clothes from the laundry after you've done your ironing through to your bedroom and you haven't got enough room on your fingers, having those expander rings in your earlobes and your cheeks gives you places to hang your clothes. I like the uh, joke. I think it was. Um, I think it might have been an XKCD comic. 
of uh, running up to someone with drinks, clamping a padlock on, and running off with the key. <laughs> now, uh, we also have on the 10th of April, 1929, Max von Sydow, the Swedish-born French actor. Sydow. Sydow, okay. He's you you been... don't know Max von Sydow? Well, I can't pronounce his name, obviously. He was Ming the Merciless in Flash Gordon, the red, like yeah. the, the the old school that had um, Queen doing the music for it. Um, oh, I won't do that again. Thank you. Um, he's also played the part of Ernst Stavros Blomfeld in James Bond, Never Say Never Again. Like he, he was also actually. He's one that I'm surprised you, you don't recognize him for is he was Liet Kynes in June. Yeah. I um it's been a long time since I've seen the movie, but um yeah, I, I'm surprised I didn't recognise that. Mm. But um events of interest, 9th of April, nineteen fifty nine, NASA introduces America's first astronaut to the press. Do we remember who he was? Uh, was it uh, the one whose name starts with a G? No. Ah, uh, maybe. There was Scott Scott Carpenter, L. Gordon Cooper Jr., John H. Glenn Jr., Virgil Gus Grissom, yeah, and Grissom, Walter and Walter Shearer Jr., Alan Shepard Jr., and Donald Slayton. So seven, seven men all packed into a rocket. They were carefully well, selected from a group of 32 candidates. They weren't all packed in at the same time, were they? Um, I mean, Apollo missions only carried three crew. Um, it just says here that um, on the 9th of April, 1959, NASA introduces America's first astronauts to the press. So that, that, that those nine were the first astronauts. doesn't say that they were sent to space at the same time, but yeah. Yeah, I think uh, Grissom did a bunch of solo flights as well. I'd have to read up on it again, though. Mm-hmm. Um, so, on the 10th of April, 1912, the Titanic makes its maiden voyage. Um, rather rather successful endeavour that was, wasn't it? The unsinkable ship that didn't make port. Um, 11th of April, 1970, we have Apollo 13 was launched to the moon. Houston, we have a problem. Yes. Um, you got to love the, like, the ingenuity of these guys with some of the things that they had to succeed with and survive through as astronauts, especially when you consider the fact that these days your um, average mobile f- phone, not even a smartphone, just a, a standard mobile phone, has got more computing power than everything that was used to send man to the moon. Yeah, I've uh, read a little bit of the um, Apollo system computer code, and it's amazing what they managed to squeeze into such a small memory space, which was actually, um, it wasn't like a hard drive like we would know it. It was made by weaving wires through magnets. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was back in the days of um, valve technology for computers, where a computer was actually a building. I think yeah. that's everything for this week, isn't it now? Yeah, it looks like it. Um, what so, do we do without the DJ to tell us where we can be contacted? Um, well, you know most of the details, don't you? Yep. You can find us on Twitter at N Amalgamated. 
Email us at nerds.amalgamated at gmail.com. Um, bother us on Facebook or listen to us at uh, Stitcher, Spotify, or at that'snotcanon.com. I think we're still on iTunes at the moment, aren't we? Yeah. Okay. iTunes as well. Um, other than that, um, stay safe, look after after each other, and keep hydrated. Yeah, we will see you next week, hopefully with a returned DJ. Mm-hmm. Other than that, who root? Bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.